Welcome, good evening, and praise the Lord, <clears throat> amen, on this Wednesday night, Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, pray that you're doing well tonight, amen, and that so far the week has been treating you very good. Um, we continue to be in challenging times, but God, amen, but God, and uh, we continue to look to God. Because God is our source, God is our strength, God is our all in all, amen. And so we continue to look to God. And quite frankly, um, what we need um, as God's people, what we need as the church, what we need individually is to be pointed toward God. That's the only thing we need. You want to do something for me, point me toward God, amen. Um, you know, you can give me your opinion, you can give me some research, you can give me, you know, the latest hack in order to do something better or whatever. But if you really want to do something for, for, for me, point me to God. Amen. Because that's where I find everything that I need. Amen. So tonight we endeavor to point you toward God. Amen. We're going to do that uh, prayerfully tonight, uh, starting in Luke chapter 5. So we're going to go there, Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read at verse 15 in Luke chapter 5. We're going to start reading at Luke chapter 5, verse 15. And in fact, we'll just read two verses there, verses 15 and 16. And tonight, amen, I'm reading um, from the New Living Translation in Luke chapter 5 verse 15 and 16 Amen Praise God Amen, let's look at let's look at Luke 5 verse 15 It says uh, But despite Jesus' instructions the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Amen. Amen. Let's stop there and, let's, uh, and let us pray together. Father, we bless your name. Glory yes. to God. And we thank you tonight uh, for another opportunity to come before your word, to share your word, to receive your word, to be blessed by your word. Father, we're praying for an anointing to be released, yes, not only here, but everywhere, oh God, everywhere under the sound of my voice. Let there be an anointing of grace to touch every hearer right now, oh God, that we may hear the voice of God clearly. And Father, we thank you for speaking unto us words of life, for encouraging us in our faith, and for drawing us closer to you. Father, we ask you to have your way here tonight. And Father, we bless you and we praise you as we yield to your authority and to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. <laughs> amen. So we're looking tonight, amen, and, and, and we're, we want to um, talk about, you know, uh, really looking at Jesus and how he went about spending time with the Father. And one of the things Jesus knew how to do is um, he knew how to get away. He knew how to um, t 
turn things down, turn down the noise of life in order to pray. And, and that's something that we want to talk about tonight. And that is, you know, getting into that quiet place. Amen. Because we all need a quiet place. Um, this world right now, even with the pandemic, is noisy. And I would even suggest that it's probably even noisier now than before in some ways. Yeah, we're not running around as much. But one of the things I found with people working from home is time after time I talk to people and they say things like they're busier now than they ever were before. And that seems almost counterintuitive because you're not running as much, you know, you're more stationary and so forth. But if you really stop to think about it, so many times we try to make connections with people, but because they're on the go and we're on the go, our calendars don't mesh. And so it may take a week or two weeks to have a mutually acceptable day for both of you to get on the phone to talk. Well, if people aren't traveling, if people aren't going on vacation, if people aren't running to and fro as much as before, they're behind their desk, wherever their desk may be right now, having Zoom calls and the rest of it. People are stationary. And so what happens is that we're able to get in touch with people quicker. They're able to get in touch with us. Why? Because we're not running around like crazy. And if you multiply that, the next thing you know, you have call after call after call after call, meeting after meeting after meeting, whereas before perhaps it wasn't like that. So even though you're not going to the gym or you're not going here, you may be not eating out and all the rest of it, you're still very busy. So even now in the midst of the pandemic, there's a lot of noise in the world. There's a lot of noise. Um, and then you add to that, you know, during the pandemic, I think more people probably, you know, at least early on and maybe even now, binged on Netflix like crazy, right? And so that was noise. And, you know, we, we have our phones and we have our laptops and we have our tablets and, and, and that, oh my gosh, that, that big noise maker called the television. Um, and then we have video games. Um, you know, games that you play on a console and then you got games that you play on your many devices that you have, right? And so there's noise all around us. And really that noise starts from early in the morning and carries on throughout the day. And so because we live in a world that is so noisy, it's up to us to find, to create, and to go to a quiet place where we can spend some quality time with God. And if, you know, if we don't do that, then we'll be overcome by the noise and we won't be able to hear from God the way we should. God said, be still and know that I am God. And that stillness doesn't mean simply motion, like don't be in motion. That stillness is a stillness of mind, a stillness of heart, a stillness of spirit, when you are at peace. Um, but how can you be at, at peace if your life is filled with noise? And so um, we have to find that quiet place. 
And Jesus found quiet place. And he did it often. In the scripture text that we see tonight, um, Jesus had healed a man who had leprosy. The man came to him and said, if you are willing, you could heal me. And Jesus said, I'm willing to be healed. And, and this is in uh, verse number 13. And it says, and instantly the leprosy disappeared. And in verse 14, Jesus gave him some instructions. He told him not to tell anyone what had happened. And then if we jump to verse 15, it says, despite Jesus's instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. So Jesus told the man, don't tell anyone what's happened. And it says, but despite the instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. Now, it could be that others who saw this told people. But if they were there, they heard what Jesus told the man. And it could be, too, that the man went about telling what happened to him. And, you know, before we could shake our head real good, uh, we have to know that we have to stop shaking our head because how many times did Jesus give us instructions and we don't follow them either? Um, it happened back then and it's happening today. Um, his instructions weren't followed. So they went and they told everything. And, and, and now, you know, the report of his power, the report of his healing and all the things that he's doing is spreading far and wide. And it says that vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. Now, I want to say something about this because, again, the Bible tells us that Jesus is our example. And yet, it seems many times we act as if we don't know what the word example means. Example means it's something that is there as an illustration. And especially when someone says, I'm being an example, it's for us to follow what they're doing. So if Jesus is an example, he's not an example of what somebody should do. He's an example of what you and I should do and how you and I should be. And as a preacher and as a, and as a minister, one of the things that Jesus was, as you see, vast crowds came to hear him preach, but he didn't get off on that. He didn't say, wow, look at all these people who are here. He didn't count their heads. He didn't talk about how many was in his congregation. He didn't go and, and, and try to make himself something. It was all about just doing the work that God would have him to do. And so just because the crowds came to him, that didn't move Jesus to now have to do what would interfere with that quality time that he had with the Father. And so we see here, crowds came to him. And see, here, this is something we've got to understand. Because, see, some people would try to, would try to put something on you. That if you're a Christian, then whenever they want to lay their stuff on you, you need to take time to deal with it. Well, vast crowds came to hear him preach and get healed of his diseases. That's what it says in verse 15. And in verse 16, it says, but he often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Why? Because it wasn't, it, it wasn't that he didn't care. Of course Jesus cared, right? It wasn't that he didn't have compassion. Of course he had compassion. But Jesus even understood something that it seems a lot of us don't understand. 
You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. And so if someone's looking to draw from you, you got to have something to give in order to give it. And so Jesus understood that if I'm going to continue to minister, I have to get strength. I have to get spiritual vitality. I have to get wisdom. I have to get guidance. I have to get peace. I have to get answers from heaven. I have to get those things from my heavenly father. So you may be pressing on me. You may want to hear from me, but I got to go to my quiet place to be before God. That's an example for us, right? We shouldn't try to be Superman and Superwoman, right? When Jesus understood, if I'm going to minister to folk, I need to get to my quiet place. And so the people were, were pressing on him. They wanted to be healed of their diseases, but Jesus, it said, often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And, and, and we have to focus on a few of the words here. Um, in particular, often, right? Not only did he withdraw, but he often withdrew. Did you hear that? He often withdrew. Withdrew from what? Withdrew from crowds, withdrew from people, withdrew from noise, withdrew from activities, withdrew from events. Hmm. He often did it. How often do we withdraw from those things? See, many of us, we have devotional time in the morning, which quite frankly is easy. Right? It's easy to have some time in the morning because just about everyone wakes up and they want a little bit of that quiet time in the morning. And so it's relatively easy to have quiet time in the morning. Um, you may or may not have to withdraw from anybody in order to have quiet time in the morning. Oh, but let the day start. <laughs> Amen. Let the morning get rolling. Let morning turn to afternoon and afternoon to evening and evening to night. And now all the noise and all the people and all the things are crushing in, all the activities. In order to get to your quiet place then, you're going to have to withdraw. You're going to have to know and say, you know what? Yeah, my show is coming on, but this is not controlling me. I have to withdraw. Oh, yeah, I know. My friend just you know, sent me a couple of text messages and want to go back and forth. But you know what? I got to stop this conversation right here. I got to withdraw. Amen. See, see, that withdrawing is a conscious decision where you say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not staying here anymore. I'm not continuing with this activity anymore. I'm taking myself from here and taking myself to my quiet. That takes some discipline and that takes some determination and it takes following Jesus's example. And as I said here, he did this often. So one of the questions for us is how often do we withdraw to go pray? Amen. I'm not saying, amen. Yeah, I'm in my car, but you didn't withdraw from anything. How often do you withdraw Get away from things. Deliver to go. I'm going upstairs. Where are you going? I, I'm going upstairs. I'll be right back. Everybody downstairs and they partying and whatever. They having fun. And you go, you know what? I, and it's folk having a good time. But I need to I, I need to get to my quiet place. I need to I need to hear from the Lord. Where are you going? I'll be right back. 
Can I come? No. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So he often withdrew. And, and you say, what a quiet place? Because it talks about he went to the wilderness. See, and that's how we know it's a quiet place. He went to the wilderness. He went into, and I don't think we should think of the wilderness in this context as being a dangerous place. We should think of it being a quiet place, a solitary place, a place where he was alone with God. Amen. Not alone, alone with God. Amen. Meaning he didn't have anybody else with him. And why did he go? He went there for prayer. Now, let's turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Let's take a look at let's take a look at something here. In Mark chapter 1 verse 21. It says, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. And he taught, it said, with real authority. The people were amazed. They wanted to know how did he, you know, get this authority. But he didn't sound like the other preachers and teachers. Uh, he, he had authority. And, and see, that's the thing. You could hear God in people's voices. You could hear the anointing in people's voices. And when they're sharing the word of God, that you know it's not them, but it's the Holy Spirit and it's the Father and it's Jesus speaking. And that's how he, you know, he taught with real authority. And he was in the synagogue and and um, there was a man possessed by an evil spirit and he cast that spirit out of the man. Now, if we go to verse 29, it says, and after Jesus left the synagogue, so this is on the same day with James and John, they went, to si they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus, he went to her bedside, took her up by the hand and healed her. Verse 32 says that evening, same day, after sunset, many sick and demon possessed people. A few, a handful, no, many. How many? I don't know, just many. Sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. This is after sunset. Long day. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. A lot of people. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases. And he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Long day. Stressed into night. Now let's look at verse 35. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus slept in. Yeah, yours doesn't say that either, right? Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pray. What did he do? He got to his quiet place. He spent all this time teaching and healing. Healing in the synagogue. Healing Peter's mother-in-law. Healing all these people. And he did it late. Now, there are some of us, if we were ministering late, oh, we sleep in. We ain't getting up till brunch, right? Jesus got up the next morning before daybreak. What does that mean? Before anybody else got up. He wanted to be by himself. He knew, I got to get to my quiet place. 
And he got out and he went to an isolated place to do what? To pray. Right? And it and, and, and understand and see the discipline of it, right? People were pressing on him. We saw in Luke chapter six or Luke chapter five. They wanted something from him. Discipline enough to go, no, no, no. I got I gotta go. I gotta withdraw from here. Right? Long day. You know, Jesus was just like what Jesus got tired. <laughs> Amen. Jesus slept on pillows in the middle of a storm. Jesus ate. Jesus slept. Jesus wept. Jesus did a lot of things we did. Amen. And so Jesus could have been tired, but he still got up the next morning. Why? Because he understood something. After all that pouring out, I need the Father to pour in. And how did he do it? He, did, he, he got up, made sure he had some quiet time to pray. Now, again, Jesus is our example, and we just want to be filled with his example so that we can now go do what he did. Because the truth of the matter is, we all need to do this. And listen, put it this way. I know I need to do it. See, now, there may be some who are so convinced. Well, I do this already. Yeah, okay, here's the thing. See, see whatever you think you do, do it more. How about that? Amen? Whatever you think you do, do it more. Get better at it. How about that? Amen. And if you know that, hey, this is something I need to do, then see, the Holy Spirit can really minister to you and bring you to a place called development. Amen. And improvement. And how many of you know we need to be improved? The Bible says that he is perfecting us. Amen. And he's perfecting us as we renew our minds, as we go through the process. Amen. Of changing. So let's go to um, uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. Jesus knew, amen. Listen, I spent myself, I, I spent all this time. Oh, before we do that, let's go back to Mark chapter 1 for a second. Praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because this is something the Holy Spirit didn't want me to forget. Because this is for all of the modern day preachers. So watch this. So before daybreak, he got up to pray. Glory to God for this. Holy Spirit is good. So he got to a holy he got to isolated place to play pray, right? Then later Simon and others went to find him, and they found him. And they said, Everyone is looking for you. <laughs> Verse 38. But Jesus replied, We must go to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That's why I came. You see, Jesus wasn't moved because everybody's looking for him. He's gonna do the Father's will, not people's will. And here's the other thing. This is for the preachers. See, if this was today, everybody's looking for you, that would be like, you know, people are like, like, like you know, what they call you when they hit your phone, pinging your phone, right? They pinging yeah. you, right? Yeah, then, then you feel you got to answer every ping because they're telling you how great you were last night and how good the message was, and you feel you got to ping them back and you got to DM them back. And you got to direct message them back. And you got to acknowledge every like. And you got to do all this thing and all that stuff. And see, Jesus is like, listen, everybody can be looking for me all they want, all right? I got something to do. Glory to God. He's our example. Amen. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. Not by how many is led by who's looking for you. Hmm? So it's something, again, we want to follow this. Jesus is our 
Example. Now, we were on our way to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Jesus, there's so many things we can look at here, but we're just going to, um, where should we look? Praise God. Um, well, let's look at this. Let's let's go to verse 22. Because in, in, in Matthew chapter 14, this is where Jesus fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. 5,000 not counting women and children. So anywhere from 10 to 15,000 people were fed on that mountainside. And after he fed them, uh, in verse 22, it says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he did what? Sent the people home. <laughs> See, if that was me, I would have told him, you don't got to go home, but you got to get on up out of here. But Jesus actually he said, go home. Right? He sent them home. And after sending them home, it says in verse 23, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Again, he ministered, he taught, he healed people, he fed them with two fish and five loaves of bread, and then he knew something. I need some alone time with the Father. So what did he do? He sent his disciples away. Yo, y'all get in the boat, y'all go to the other side. I'll catch up with y'all later. And then the people... Hey, they wanted to talk. They wanted to have, you know, they wanted to probably have some coffee, go to Starbucks and get something. He said, nope, y'all need to go on up. <laughs> y'all need to go home. Why? Because he knew something. I got some business to tend to. Glory to God for that. I got some business to tend to. What business? I need some quiet time with my father. And so he sent them home. Look, <laughs> I love when people come visiting. And I'm going to say something out loud that you've often said silently. I love when people come to visit family and stuff and friends and they stay for a while. I love when they visit. And I love when they go home to me. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Why? Because I stay up later than I normally stay up. I'm doing more things. I'm running. What? More noise. It's hard to have that quiet time. Amen. When you have a lot of things, a lot of people around you. And see, a lot of us aren't like Jesus. We don't say to people, you know what? You need to go home. <laughs> he, he sent them home. Amen. The other people wanted him to come around. He said, no, nah, I got to get away from y'all. <laughs> now, he might not have said it that way. Because Jesus is nicer than, than, than most of us. Amen. Than all of us. But the point was made. Amen. And so he went and he uh, got up to the hills that night and he prayed. And it said night fell while he was there alone. What's he doing? He's downloading. He's, 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 he's speaking to the Father. He's getting instruction. He's getting strength. You know, when Jesus was baptized in the wilderness, uh, in the, uh, baptized in the Jordan, we know that the Spirit led him into the wilderness, right? And yeah, he was tempted there of the devil, but he was also ministered unto by the angels and he was spending time with the father. But the bottom line is he was alone, um, you know, as he was preparing for his ministry. And once his ministry started, he didn't just say, OK, I got this. He often withdrew, it says in Luke chapter five, 
in order what to get spiritually replenished to get spiritually strengthened amen um and to hear from god and to get his will spending quiet time with him now let's look at one last scripture on this point and it's, it, we're going to go back to luke and it's luke chapter six and in luke chapter six we just want to um you know we just looked at a couple of scriptures where you know jesus had ministered and so you know he needed to be replenished amen um but in luke chapter 6 verse number 12 it just tells us that one day soon afterward jesus went up to a mountain to pray again he goes apart he's not in the wilderness this time but he's still in a quiet place he's away from people and it says he prayed to god all night and at daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. The reason why we just stopped to take a look at that one is because, see, you know, there are times we need that strength, right? Um, we need to be replenished. We need guidance and direction. And here, obviously, you know, part of this praying all night, Jesus has some important decisions to make. And it's amazing how many important decisions we have to make and what did he do? He prayed all night. If it's an important decision and it's something that's going to have long lasting impact and effect, don't try to be too quick in your prayer, right? You know, it's one thing, you know, pray over your food real fast. I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just saying that's one thing. Amen. And, you know, if you're about to eat a ham sandwich, you pray, oh, yeah, the Lord, bless this food and nourish my body in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? Okay. Maybe. But if you have a decision to make, what college to attend, whether you should marry that man, um, are you being called to the ministry? Should you buy that house? I mean, these are decisions that have well, potentially long-lasting effects. Don't be so fast to get in and out and pray. And here's the other thing. Don't be so fast to think you got the answer. It's amazing sometimes when things are weighty and things are heavy and things are, are, are impactful and important that sometimes we don't even want to wait for the answer. We just want to, you know, go with, you know, I ask God and, uh, okay, let's go. No, wait for it. Amen. Spend time before him. Why? Because if it's important, let the importance of it be reflected in how you are spending time in your quiet place. If it's important, you shouldn't just be in and out in five seconds, amen, five minutes. You may need to linger. You may need to be there often. You may need to wait for a while for your answer, amen. But here we see that Jesus, um, as, as, as he had this important decision, he prayed all night, amen. Again, he's our example. And in a time in which we're living, right, where it seems as if once we're awake, we're plugged in. I mean, literally plugged in. Um, if you think about it, our phone, our tablets, our laptops, our desktops, our TV, they all need to be plugged in at some point, right? We got to plug them in. And so if you think of, if we think of ourselves as an extension of those devices, 
then in some ways from the time we wake up wake up wake up <laughs> from the time we wake up we're plugged into right we're plugged in the phone we right we're, we're connected to something i was reading something recently and i don't know the number but it was in the thousands you hear me it was in the thousands of how many times we just simply interact with our phone every day in the thousands thousands not me everyone will say that because it seems impossible but you know you think about how many searches you do and how many downloads you got and, and text messages you check and you check them and then you send them back and then you got email and then you look for stuff and you're watching stuff and you're rewinding stuff it's amazing how often we interact with our devices we are so that it's and, and, and you know i was sharing this with my wife the other day because um on saturday i was reading a book and it was saying about how facebook and not just facebook but all these social media sites they are created using algorithms right which are fancy math formulas science formulas and so forth and these algorithms are designed to divert your attention to grab your attention and to feed into your need for more attention we were talking about the like button the like button is one of the most devilish things created because it's like it's almost like it's a candy rush it's like you know if somebody likes what you've done it makes you feel good and so what do you want to do you want to see how many more likes you get <laughs> and then you want to do more and more stuff to get more and more likes and so you're chasing after likes because after all who doesn't want to be liked it's 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 amazing and and there's so many things that are like that connected with our devices and so we have to understand that this world is just trying to grab our attention and the bottom line is 24 hours man that's it that's all we got in a day god's not increasing them amen and i'm glad god doesn't increase the time in the day if if you ever said to myself i need more time in the day first of all no you don't second if you and i had more time in the day we would fill it up with more stuff Amen. There'd be more emails to send, more text messages, more this, more. We just fill it up with more stuff. It's like having. Remember when you had that little shoebox of an apartment, and you said, "I need more closet space," and then you looked at that bigger apartment or that bigger house, and you said, "Look at all these closets." They were much more than what you had in your other place. How is it that now all those closets are full and you got two storage units? <laughs> Right? We fill up empty things. And so if we had more time, we would fill it up. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, depending upon what you fill it up with. And so with our day, with our day being so filled and we have activities, nobody's telling you activities are bad. Nobody's saying that. But because it's so filled and it's so noisy, we have to take some time and discipline to get away to a quiet place so that we can spend time with the Father. So we can be replenished, so we can make good decisions, so we can be strengthened. Amen. So we can be filled with peace after a hectic day or before the start of one. 
Now, last scripture I want to look at is we're going to go back to the book of Mark chapter 4. And then we're going to leave the part from this place. Mark chapter 4. Let's look at verse 35. Jesus says, spend the day teaching, teaching parables to the people and to his disciples. And in verse 35, it says, as the evening came, again, another long day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, because he was tired. Amen. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I stopped there for a moment, only to say, and the world tries to tell you a little bit of fear is good for you. Seeing to me, Jesus equated fear with no faith. <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying. Anyway, verse 41. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. And you immediately say, I don't see anything in there about him going being alone to pray. I know, because it's not there. That wasn't the point. The point was this. There's a lot we could talk about and there's a lot to preach about in this passage of scripture, but I just want to focus on, on four words um, in verse 36. Let's go back to verse 36. It says, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. And the four words I want to focus on is leaving the crowds behind. See, there's just times, amen, you got to leave the crowd behind. You got to leave the crowd. You got to leave the crowded day. You got to leave your crowded schedule. You got to leave your crowded to-do list. You got to leave the crowd behind. Amen. There's just times we have to do it because if we don't make the affirmative decision to leave the crowd behind, if we don't make the affirmative decision to withdraw and often withdraw, to be alone with the Father. If we don't make those affirmative decisions to get up before everybody else does, before daybreak, if we don't make those affirmative decisions, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen on its own. See, it's it's like that old trick bag that we you know that that we tell ourselves that that you know if if. You know how you tell yourself, if you can get all your things done, then you'll sit down and relax. You ever tell yourself that? You ever have those days? And you are so determined. You're working so hard. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've done this so many times. You work so hard to clear your schedule so you can finally sit down and enjoy just filling the blank. The movie, the popcorn, glass of wine. <gasps> Somebody that said that, right? Who, who did that? Who said that? <gasps> yeah, okay, whatever. Amen. <laughs> That's so tough. We just got, come on, church folks. Let's bring it down. Amen. Bring it down. <laughs> Amen. 
we can we can go through scripture about God saying I give you wine, but anyway, um, <laughs> milk. You just want to have a nice glass of milk, some cookies, whatever. And you work hard, and, and and you push, and you push, and you push. And sometimes, I know what's happening to me, I work so hard to get to the place where I can just sit down and jump. By the time I get there, I'm conked out. <laughs> yeah. Number one. Or, because the devil knows what I'm trying to do, it, it's like he'll get in and he'll interrupt my day or whatever. You know, It's like that. It's that fictional place of, oh, if I can just get this, if I can just have more time, if I can just clear... See, it's not just going to happen, and, 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 and we have to, you know, if I had more time, if my schedule wasn't so busy, if I didn't have so many children, <laughs> you know what I mean by that, amen? I'm just saying, responsibilities, right? Um, if I didn't have these responsibilities, I could spend more time with God. That's the same as saying, if you had more money, you would give more to the church. See, because giving is a decision of the heart, right? Giving is a heart condition, right? And so if 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 my heart condition right now leads leads me to give five percent of my one hundred dollars, and my heart condition is still the same when I have a thousand dollars. I'm going to get 5% of my thousand dollars. Amen. Because it's a, it's a matter of my heart. So it's not about having more money. It's about having a different heart. And it's the same thing here. Right? We're not going to spend more time with God if we had more time. We just fill it up. Is it like that closet we talked about? You will just fill it up. We'll just fill it up with more games. We'll fill it up, you know, our time with, with, with more emails. We'll fill it up with more text. We'll fill it up with more work. We'll fill it up with more shopping. We'll just fill it up. Unless we change our heart. And if our heart says, I need to spend more time with God, then your heart, even in the midst of your busy schedule, will start carving out more time more quiet time you'll start leaving the crowd behind amen you'll start withdrawing more often to get into a quiet place not just in the morning when you get up but in the middle of your day you know i gotta stop right now i gotta but people are what but people want to talk to you people want to hear from you didn't they want to hear from jesus what did he do he still said no mm -hmm. i had to go i gotta get my time with, with dad amen and that's what we have to do Amen. We got to have time with that. And so listen, I pray that, that um, you know, that you're encouraged. Amen. And, and please know that as you set out to carve out more time, amen, the enemy going to try to trip you up, side swipe you, get you off course, tell you you don't have time. You got to hurry up and get back to this, that, or the other. And it's going to be like anything else, this walk of faith. It's going to be a fight. You got to contend for the faith, amen. You got to fight for it. And so be prepared to fight because the enemy now, he knows this word has been sown in your spirit and he knows if you spend more time with God, you're going to be, you're going to be a, you know, a threat to the kingdom of darkness, amen. And so understand he's going to come and try to stop you from, from getting there. Amen. Amen. But let's pray for each other that we can all 
uh, carve out some more time. Um, leave the crowd behind. Step away from all the busyness and all the noise, 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 as the Grinch said. Amen. Mm-hmm. Noise, 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 noise. You remember that, Christian? Yeah. All the noise, noise, noise. There's a lot of noise in our life, too. Amen. And, um, we got to get away from it. Not like the Grinch did by trying to take all the pamplukas and, and, uh, and the roast beasts and all the Grinch toys, all the who toys and, and all from all the who boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can rhyme, amen. Praise God. But I pray that you're encouraged tonight to spend more time uh, and get to your quiet place, amen, and spend more time with the Father. Let's pray tonight. Father, we bless your name and we thank you, God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, for your call. Glory to God. Because, Father, we believe that this call is coming directly from heaven, calling us to leave the crowd behind. Yes, Father. To withdraw and to come to you in prayer, in a quiet place where we can receive from you your guidance. Father, we need you today now more than ever, God. And Father, we hear you calling us to the throne of grace. Father, you said in your word that we should come boldly, glory to God, boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Grace to help, glory to God. Father, we need grace to help, grace to help us in our current situation. Grace to help us with our families. Grace to help us with our jobs. Grace to help us with this problem and and situations that we have in our life. Father, we need grace to help. And so, Father, we come before the throne of grace. Yes. And we thank you for the help that is ours through Christ Jesus. And, Father, we just pray that we'll continue to come before you, God, in prayer, carving out some quiet time to be with you. And Father, we thank you for all the things that you shall share with us and how you shall strengthen us and how you shall restore the joy about of thy salvation. Yes. And Father, we bless you for it in the name of Jesus. Now, God, we just pray you'll watch over us for the rest of this night. Continue to rest, rule, and abide with us, O oh God. And Father yes, God, God, we thank you and we bless you for your, for your divine presence in our lives. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We glorify you. We magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.